Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's interesting hearing my voice in such a high definition. I know. <laughs> it's, um, I feel like because you've got an American accent, it mm. just automatically sounds like it belongs on. You do know what I mean? Mm, yeah. In like a podcast or radio or something like that. I have a... Uh, <laughs> My accent has no business. <laughs> oh, it's good. It keeps it interesting because we're mostly marketing it uh, to people in the States, you know, everything. Ah, so, of course. So right. it'll, it'll, it'll work out, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I, I used to have this uh, real cheap, cheapo radio voice that I used to say all the time. Oh, yeah. Let's see if I can um, <clears throat> say something here. Yeah, like, pull it out. Um, Curious Pete brought to you by... You know, <laughs> brought to you by Guzman E. Gomez. Welcome back. <laughs> the burrito that makes you say, ole. So you can't do that in an Irish accent. <laughs> the burrito that makes you say, ole. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, anything like that needs to be an American accent for me. Yeah. Just, just put it on. Just only because when you yep. put it on the table, it's going to... Sound? Yeah. Sure oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's empty anyhow. Uh, I'm recording. I'm ready to go. Take your time. Yeah, great. Yeah, I love the raw the raw audio because how we, I uh, what I usually take is us just sort of conversating and then I put a little bit of jazz. Oh, yeah. Underneath it and everything, so it'll be pretty good. Nice. Um, all right. So I guess we'll just sort of just sort of I don't know jump into it. We'll jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping. Uh, okay, so welcome to Curious Pete. My name is Pete. I'm curious, and I am wondering about a lot of things out here. Uh, basically, I'm pretty much ignorant to a lot of things. So um, today, I have my friend Tara uh, Fahi. Did I say that yes, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Some people say Faye, Fahey. <laughs> and um, and you uh, you have your company Flourish uh, Community Solutions as well. So we'll I guess we'll kind of talk about what that is and what you do and kind of go from there. But uh, we're coming to you from Brisbane over at uh, the Podcast Boss with our uh, with our mate Gil here, who's uh, recording everything for us, which is pretty cool. Um, anyhow. So that's all I got. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. So, so tell me, um, Taroff, that is your real name. It's what I like to go by. Have you, have you, been, um, have you been watching the, like, what's been going on in the States with, uh, uh, w- yeah. with uh, the inauguration and everything? Only on every platform that I've got available to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just one of those. Um, areas of current affairs that people just can't get away from. It's like you don't want to look, but you have to. Yeah, this happened to me in the gym. Actually, I was looking at the uh, at the at the television, and and then I just stopped working out because I was like I was too distracted by Bernie Sanders crossing his arms and his mittens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's one of those things that if you're not talking about COVID in the last year, you're talking about America and politics in general and what's going on over there. Yeah, I know. I'm wondering what the news stations are going to do now that uh, they really have nothing to talk about because everything's back to normal, I suppose. Yeah, well, I've already seen on Fox. Not a fan of Fox, but I Mm. like to watch it just to see what unbelievable (laughs) stories they'll come out with next. Mm. And it seems that already on day one, they're just totally criticizing everything that Biden has done and um yeah in his first day and how he didn't really sign documents it was all for show <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> the circus continues <laughs> i um uh we had this conversation earlier before when we were having coffee before we came in 
Uh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know that uh, Kamala Harris had um, like a hand in um, helping out with. Uh, sorry, everybody listening, it's going to be a negative thing about prisons for profit in the United States. And like for me, um, that's one thing that I've always been very uh, passionate passionate about. You know, educating people about. You know, when yeah. you because a lot of people don't know about prisons for profit. They don't know that McDonald's burger buns are made by prisoners. They don't know that, you know, Nike clothes, North Face. Um, I don't know about North Face. Um, New Balance, Adidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all made in prisons. And yeah. and it's such a, a messed up way of, of uh, you know, running a business. I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to export your labor to uh, Southeast Asia or China. So you keep it in in America, but you don't want to mm-hmm. pay a high price, so you give it to the prisoners, and you package it and you wrap it around in a in a different, um, in a in a different way, and say this is educating people who are who are troubled, but really what you're really doing is that you're just taking advantage of people who are, um, you know, in in a bad situation to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, actually with Camilla, so she was. Um partly responsible for keeping prisoners who are eligible for early release um, in the jails so that they could be exploited for cheap labor. So essentially, they're labor camps, if you think about it. Well, that's it. Like, <clears throat> I've, um, I've seen this a few times, too, where uh, these private corporations will come in into, like, the state that I'm from, Montana, and what they'll do is that they will uh, make a contract with the state and say, hey, we need... You know, we see that you have a need for a prison. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you one on the understanding that you need to keep the prison at a ninety five percent capacity. Yeah. And so they'll pass bullshit laws in order to keep those prisons full. Or if they can't, uh, what they'll do is that they'll do just that. You know, people who are up for mm-hmm. parole, they'll give them a bullshit uh, infraction and keep them in there longer. Yeah. And it's so scary to think about it. Like if you were to get arrested in America, that you could end up having to make fucking shoes for the yeah. rest of for for an extended period of time, you know. And um, and yeah. I don't know if Australia does that at all, or if there's any sort of like not yet. Yeah, yet. But there's been sp- talk of privatizing the prison system. I don't no. know politics all too well to really comment. So. You know, take what I say with a grain of salt. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. We're all just bullshitting here, really, but, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> so <laughs> these are facts. <laughs> I like the little sound effect you put in there again. <laughs> fake it till you make it. <laughs> uh, I am the prime minister now. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. What's your first? Um, what's your first uh, law? Privatizing prisons. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I just remember reading something on Facebook. You know, the number one source for research mm. um, about Australia wanting to privatize prisons, and there was an article that was shared there about it. Um, I don't know where that is in the mix of happening, but I really hope it doesn't. Mm. Just let that be known. That's my stance. I don't want to privatize prisons. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny too? Like when you find stuff on Facebook, you don't know if like if it's very um, if it's a legitimate source, and yeah. that and nowadays it's almost as if Wikipedia is a more credible source. I know than it's Facebook. crazy. It's the actually crazy. Happened? Speaking of Wikipedia, you know how you have the um, donate mm. um, button at the top. 
Well, um, I actually donated to keep Wikipedia alive, so you are welcome. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you could even do that, to be honest, but... Oh, really? They, no, they always harass you with the, keep, you know, give us $2. Oh, really? <laughs> Sign, and I put on an American accent because I assume that's what Wikipedia sounds like. I remember back in the day, like, anybody could edit Wikipedia, and I think that's still yeah. the case now, isn't it? You can still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally not reliable. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, I needed some information one day, and it was harassing more than usual yeah and i was like yeah you know what we need this we need this source mm. i have no idea why but internet you are welcome mm. well see <laughs> the, the one time i like during my first podcast i was speaking to uh, my brother with alanon and i was trying to figure out what are the what were the 12 steps to recovery uh that they had and i couldn't find it anywhere on the website the only place i could find it was on <laughs> was on wikipedia <laughs> and i was like well i guess this yeah. sort of works i don't know if number seven is you know correct you know get a yeah. you know, get a bunch of chicken nuggets or something, you know, <laughs> but um, anyways, let's talk about Flourish. So what what is what is Flourish Community Solutions? So I guess in a nutshell, we are a organization that provides community supports mm. currently throughout the entire state of Queensland um, and hopefully in, in the next 12 months, you'll see us popping up in other states as well. Yeah, right. And so what we primarily provide is intensive family support to members of the community who need that additional help or guidance through an issue that there um, is being presented for them for whatever reason that might be, whether it's through addiction, um, alcoholism, um, abuse, um, multitude of reasons really yeah. yeah so so how did you how did you get into that um well i've worked in the child protection system and this sector for quite some time and uh, my colleague ruth who's co-owner of flourish um she has an extensive background as well throughout europe mm. um having worked in england and germany greece and then australia in child protection as well and for myself coming from ireland i had experience there plus with the Australian system, and we've just combined our knowledge and our experiences to try and figure out how we can do things better. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so we established Flourish and set off from there. So how do you, how do, you do things better? Well, the way we saw it from our experience was that a lot of services provide... Um, Oh, yeah, just take your time. Like, pause we, we, for we, a sec. Yeah. Can I restart that sentence? Yeah, if you want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we do things better? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. well, that's what I mean. Like, is it um, if uh, – so what's – what's? No, no, I, I can answer this. Okay, okay. okay yeah, I was just good. sort of stumbling on my own words, and I was going to go down a waterfall there that was like – Oh, I would have loved <laughs> to have seen that. Struggle to come <laughs> back from. <laughs> Just out of dog at all the other organizations out there. <laughs> because. Um, okay, so in terms of how we do things better, mm -hmm. it may not always be the case, but we certainly do things differently. And from our perspective and our ethos, that would be better. Mm. So a lot of um, organizations, the way the structure is, um, the social workers and psychologists will be on a team of case managers that are directing floor staff um, or family support workers 
uh, on the work that they'll be doing with that family on the intensive family support. For us, we saw that as a huge risk because they're not seeing the risk, they're hearing it secondhand. So the people on the ground might not be able to identify those immediate risks or be able to provide the families with that intensive support that they need in that moment. Whereas if you have a social worker with a background um, in child safety or in the human services sector in general or a psychologist who can pick up on different traits and factors that might be contributing to the stressors of that family, you're going to be able to solve, um, well, not solve, you're going to be able to identify those issues and come up with solutions with that family a lot easier than through that secondhand information. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, got, I got a few, I got a few questions that I definitely want to um, ask, like, uh, like how do you how do you guys get involved with the families to begin with? Yeah, uh, well, so we're linked in with the Department of Child Safety. So mm. we primarily will work with them, um, with families who've been identified as needing that support, um, or where there's children in care and there's opportunity for them to go back to their families. That's where we want to be. We want to be helping those families to be reunited and have longevity in sustaining that family unit in a positive way mm. um, and really just upskilling parents. I mean, nobody really knows what they're doing when they're handed a baby, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, either. in the hospital. And it's like, I hey, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Zero instructions, <laughs> just off you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when you've got all the other stressors that are happening in these families' lives, it, it's even harder to manage looking after those you know what cut that out <laughs> <laughs> cut that out that takes that sounds terrible <laughs> oh well no no i mean um when you get involved with like a with a family so they get they get what assigned a, a social worker or a case officer or something or yeah how does that, what is that so we will be provided an overview of the need mm. and then we will check in within our pool of practitioners to see if we can uh, match somebody who will be able to provide the support to fulfill uh, the requirements of that need. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we can't. And so we won't take on work yeah. that we don't feel we're right to do. Yeah. Um, because well, that's good, you know, because it's, yeah, it's not like, it seems like it's not just about getting the the money or the job, you know, it's yeah. about like helping yeah. the people in the first place. And if you can help exactly. them or if you can't, you know, like you need to be honest about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, we'll explore our matching capacity and mm. then assign a practitioner to a family and they work from within their own framework. So I guess I should tell you a little bit about our model. Mm. Um, so we do have employees, um, but primarily we have independent contractors who work with the families because they are social workers and psychologists in their own right. Mm. Um, well, you know, we're in our infancy. We can't afford to pay a team of psychologists full time. Right, right. Um, and so we found that this was a way to meet the need without getting trapped um, into not being able to, I guess, maintain that level mm -hmm. um, because they take the pieces of work that they feel they can do based on being matched and they can say yes or no mm. to that. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of them will have their own practices. Yeah. alongside us 
How does that go? Like if you, if if uh, you say, hey, like you know, we can't can't help. Mm. Is that uh, is that usually like a big blow, or does or is there, are most people like, oh, that's fair enough. We'll try somewhere else. Yeah. Or? Well, well, yeah, essentially. But we, you know, this is where the solutions part comes into our name Ooh, because okay. we're very solution focused. Mm-hmm. Myself and Roots always have been within our previous roles. Mm. We don't just you know say that's oh, that's in the too hard basket for us mm. you know we will try and brainstorm what could be done even yeah. if it's not us we'll put forward a suggestion mm. um, and signpost to other organizations that we think would be more suitable oh okay to the need. oh that's pretty good then yeah yeah yeah, yeah right. we do a lot of training and development as well with organizations and with parents members of the public professionals can I ask you a question and you tell me whether or not if my family should have like been able to benefit from this when I was growing up. So like when I was a kid, my mom, my mom's German. And so like, uh, so first off, uh, my mom's German and we used to have a lot of dogs in the house. Like my, my family used to, this, this is a total spin, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> little story time with Pete right now is that they're, uh, <clears throat> my parents used to um, uh, raise German shepherds. And so whenever the doorbell would ring, there would always be all these dogs barking. And my mom uh, would have this high, shrill German voice, like, shut up! <laughs> and then on top of it, in order to shut the dogs up, she would fire a fucking cap gun to, sh- to shut the dogs up. So every time the doorbell would ring, you'd be like, oh, rah, 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 shut up! <laughs> and so like, so, so for, for now, like, I never have any, like, if there's a doorbell, like, I, I can't have it, you know, because I'm still, like, traumatized by, like, this growing up for you know, 17 years <laughs> with my mom. And, but I remember too, when she would get really angry at me, she would like, she would just used to throw everything at me, but she had, she had the best aim. She could have been like a baseball player. <laughs> like she used to throw like a wooden spoon across the, the hallway and it would hit me on the head every time and it would break <laughs> in half. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember being like eight years old and saying, I'm going to report you to child services. I don't know where I heard that. <laughs> But um, TV, I blame TV. Yeah, it's probably TV. Probably yeah. educated me. <laughs> you kids, too smart for your own good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hit you with another wooden spoon. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds similar to um, you know Irish parenting techniques. I think, except you know we wouldn't throw the wooden spoon because it was sacred, so you would be chased and threatened with it. <laughs> I just chased around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was never hit with the wooden spoon, but I was certainly threatened with it enough times yeah. to believe that it would one day, you know, meet the bare skin of my ass. <laughs> and that was enough, like, to put the fear of God in me. <laughs> I remember my mom came up with a rule. She said, like, oh, when, when, uh, when I'm eight years old, like, that's, like, no more spanking. And I was like, okay. It sounds weird to say it out loud, <laughs> you know, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if you want to come, come into. Was uh, that the rule? Was I, that the I got you in here for this. Is, this, is a, uh, this is a little therapy session. I don't know if you knew this, but I got you in here now, so you're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. It's so, in front of Gil as well, so we can all, we can all have a big hug afterwards. So <laughs> how do you feel about spanking now? Has that become like, you know, a oh, huge turn part on. of your. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, welcome to Sex Chats with Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> Tell me your kink. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. That, oh, that brings another idea for another guest in the future. I have um, I have this friend named Lindsay, and she used to be my next door neighbor. 
and um, she's actually a sexologist in the in the states. Ah, cool. She's got her own um, YouTube uh, show and everything like that. Yeah. You know, good on her. Um, but for the longest time, um, uh, Lindsay thought my name was Kevin. For five years, she was my neighbor, <laughs> and I always and I she always called she called me Kevin one day, and I was I just went with it. And then uh, when I moved out, I was like, oh, by the way, my name's Peter. And she's like, no. I was like, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny that you just thought my name was Kevin for five years. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have a similar story oh, as yeah. well, actually, except I was Lindsay. Oh. Um, <laughs> I worked with this guy um, who we'll call Carlos because that's what I called him for a year and a half. <laughs> Carlos was from Spain, so it, it fit. I oh, yeah. Like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I must have called him it as a joke once but then my brain registered that as his actual name mm. and he never corrected me until he was leaving and returning back to Spain and he was like you know my name's not Carlos but I was like what? I was like oh maybe I'm just pronouncing it wrong anyways it was something like John it was not Carlos it wasn't even all that Spanish. I, I think <laughs> so the best part of that story right there is that you don't even, even remember what his real name I was <laughs> I picture him and he's Carlos it was a year and a half uh, well, if John's listening, like, your name's Carlos, so... Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sorry about that with Lindsay, to be honest, because every now and then she'll she'll come around again, and I'll remember, like, what's up, Lindsay? Yeah, yeah. well, I feel, I feel Lindsay's pain. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, I mean, um, even, with, even with my dad growing up, too, it was a bit strange because, like, I love my dad. You know, he's, he's, he's passed away about eight years ago now. But uh, I remember... Because he was he was an old school guy. He was he was born in thirty seven, you know. Oh uh, yeah. And so his way was much like um, Bruce Lee, you know, the way of the fist, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> or the back of his hand, really. So like dodging spoons, dodging like, spoons, dodging hands, dodging fists. Yeah, like dodging doorbells, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole shebang. Uh, and um, I remember if I ever got in trouble, like he would, he would, he would like. You'd give me like a slap across the face, but if you do that nowadays, dear dear Jesus, you know. Oh like, yeah, yeah, no, that can't happen. It can't happen, you know. Yeah, and like, I guess we've more awareness now of the impact of physical discipline on yeah. children and the trauma that they can endure mm. um, because of that, and so there are more appropriate ways to discipline your kids these days. Yeah, you know, you don't have to break those spoons. I mean, economically, that's just not feasible for. You know, all <laughs> oh, right for families these days. I mean, the carbon footprint <laughs> that 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 spoon has has created by ordering it again from China just to come over here just so you can hit exactly. your kid with it again. And what with COVID and the you know yeah. the issues with deliveries these days. Get yourself an Australian-made <laughs> spoon, or 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 contact Flourish. Oh, I like this. It's a better idea. We'll provide you with some <laughs> uh, strategies and skills that you can apply to not raise that hand or not throw that spoon put away that cap gun put away that cap gun <laughs> you know? when a baby's crying you just shoot off the cap gun yeah Pretty sure that wouldn't pull work. out the potatoes you know you ever see potato gun uh, oh yeah i remember those yeah <laughs> it was similar it caused yeah. a little bruise but yeah. not quite as damaging yeah right yeah <laughs> there was um well so what are those solutions um you know nowadays because i remember when my my brother's um son was born he uh, took a very like holistic approach to uh, raising the child, and my brother's like he's got the biggest heart in like ever. Like he's such a nice guy, and y you can see that his heart is so full even when around his son. 
uh, in the way that if his son does something bad, he doesn't like, like, you know, he'll be firm, you know, he'll say you shouldn't do that, but he'll, ex he'll explain why it's not a good idea. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? and that's it. You know, kids don't pick up on some of the cues. You know, they fill in the gaps themselves. If we don't tell them what it is that they're doing that's considered to be good or what they're doing that's considered to be negative or harmful, then they don't quite understand. Um, and that works for, I guess, identifying where they could have done something differently as well as when they've done something good. So if, you, if you're just giving dishing out praise... Mm. They're like, well, I'm great. No, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So it needs to be purposeful. Otherwise, it loses its meaning. And it's the same with um, correcting their behavior. You know, it's a learning opportunity. You know, why don't we climb over that balcony to mm. feel the breeze? You know, we might fall. And, um, mm. Or why don't we, why we don't pull the cat's tail? Yeah. You know, and yeah, I think it's something like Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about when he talks about um, the, like, when you're growing up, you're sort of constantly experimenting. And so if you were to stop the experiment and to punish the child for doing an experiment, like for example, if they take out the eggs and they smash it on the floor, like this is an experiment in, in physics and gravity. And then when you get like punished about it, it, it shows, you know, that you've sort of, um, you know, inhibited them from conducting their experiment to learn about the way the world works. Yeah. And, and so, Sometimes it's it's an interesting to look at it from the mindset of, you know, if I was if I knew nothing, you know, I would start probably experimenting and exploring <laughs> to see what things do. Yeah. Like for myself, I used to take my sled and I used to go down the the stairs all the time with the sled. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't much more of an experiment, but it was more of like an experiment of how far could mm -hmm. I get away with. Um, well, that was safe. Yeah. We actually used to create our own black ice on hills. <laughs> Um, so we would like in winter, yeah, yeah, we would, there would be like heaps of us, all the neighborhood kids coming out with their pots and buckets of water and throw them down really? this hill, watch it freeze real quick. And then we would slide down it and then run and hide when a car would come for fear we would get into trouble for causing them to not be able to break down this hill. Oh, so this hill is a, is a road. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a road. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> like it was a main road. We were young. Oh my god! Really How many not deaths are on your shoulders? Like the, <laughs> I think that the toll is now at 117. Oh no. wow! Yeah, good. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's growing. It's growing. Yeah. It's, it's um, a trend. But um, no, it, no one got hurt, but we got shouted at by a lot of adults, which is why we learned to run and hide. Yeah, yeah well, that makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, they don't like us doing this because it's dangerous. But for us, we were like, it's just dangerous because we might fall, but we're okay with that because we're sliding down on our asses anyway. Mm, yeah, so, you know. yeah. We used to have like a hill like that in Seattle. Um, all the all the all the kids would get together and we would uh, go up this massive hill, and it would it would it wouldn't really snow in Seattle; it'd just be ice storms. And oh, yeah. So everything would just be covered in a sheet of ice. You know, the power lines, power would go out. It was actually a huge problem. You'd have to get, like, these kerosene heaters to yeah. make sure you didn't freeze at night. Yeah, And so, yeah. you know, you would you would be doing all these different um, – but anyway, so you, so you, the next day you would go out, and school would definitely be canceled because there was – you couldn't really take the bus or you couldn't even get out of your neighborhood because the hills were, like, so big. Yeah. And um, we would we, – we went um, – uh, we would go up this massive hill, and we all connect together with like these inner tubes, and we would all just like go down together at the same time. Oh, nice! And it was it was just so much fun. But there would be cars parked along the side as well, so 
as you're going down, the little snake we formed, pe people would like start turning left or start turning right and smashing into the uh, into the cars. Uh, up until that, yeah. it sounded so wholesome. It was. And yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, until someone like broke their nose and then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we had lots of like little accidents as well. But you know, this was in a council estate. We mm. were all just like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> good times. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had um, my brother and I were just like little, little shits. Like we would, we didn't do anything really bad necessarily, but just like I can't imagine my mom raising the two of us. We would we would play chicken on our bikes. Oh yeah. And then we would, <laughs> but none of us would ever be chicken, and we just keep hitting each other. Right. And we're just like sniffing out like, again. <laughs> we just get up and just do it. My mom would come out like, stop it, goddammit, stop. Oh, the cap gun is making so much more sense now. <laughs> and the multitude of spoons. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of making sense a lot too when I talk about it. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know if those strategies would have worked on you. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Hey. Yeah, let's sit down and talk about this, Peter. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but like... you know, like when I went to school, though, I was okay. I didn't have any, I didn't cause any trouble. It was, I was more afraid of like strangers. But around my mom, yeah. I sort of like took the piss a bit, you know. Yeah. No, that, that's good though. Being afraid, afraid of strangers is definitely a good protective behavior to have. It used to be really bad. I used to like have to hide underneath. Like if my mom went to the bank, I would have to hide under the, the table at the, at the tellers. Oh, wow. I was like definitely, like deathly scared of everybody. I don't know. Right. Okay. I don't know where that so, came from, but. Hmm, hmm. Maybe just. Sort of grew out of it now, but yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Maybe. Your mother was afraid that Curious Pete would wander too far. Well, she too curious. She did coddle me. I I would say like she 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 took me like everywhere. In fact, like um, my mom was like so obsessed with having a girl. She had two boys, but she wanted a girl so bad, and that um, I can't believe I'm, I'm talking about this, but fuck it, why not? So, like she wanted a girl so bad. I remember I was like, I don't remember doing this, but I remember being like three three or four years old and my mom would dress me up in dresses and, and like I used to have like this really like long curly hair and she would take me like <laughs> to the supermarket and everyone would be like oh what a nice girl you have my mom's like thank you so wow. so I don't know if she was just like really having a hard time struggling with the idea that that I'm a boy you know I think she was struggling with a lot of things and then I mean she I mean or maybe I don't know maybe I picked out the dress I don't know you know, because like when you're that age, well, yeah, you, you don't really it. seem maybe to she's see. Maybe happy for you to do that. It could be, which is yeah. great. Well, my fifth birthday, my fifth birthday party, it was um, My Little Pony themed, and I thought it was like the best thing ever. I was like, cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My Little Pony. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and it wasn't, and I and I think um, I think my dad the whole time growing up, he was like, he, he used to tell me all the time. He'd be like, so uh, I want to let you know that I don't care if. You're gay. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Dad. I had no clue, you yeah. know, thinking that this might be that or the other of what he was trying to suggest. But um, but it's good to know that, you know, yeah. he was being supportive, I guess. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, that's that unconscious bias. It's like, okay, Peter likes ponies and dresses. <laughs> I need to approach We see where this is going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not like those other dads. I'm a cool dad. But really all it was is I was just being raised by, a, like, a, an overwhelming mother. <laughs> <laughs> And next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, another chat for an episode titled, Why Am I Traumatized? Why Am I Traumatized? <laughs> well, I, I can't say that I, I really have been traumatized 
that much. Like if I if I think of if down deep, I had a pretty wholesome childhood. I was pretty lucky. Yeah. You know, like there was a few creepy times where like there were these um, oh, what was it? These uh, I was going sledding and this and this guy came up in a in a pickup truck and he's like, "You like sledding?" Mm-hmm. Ah, and and no. my and I was by myself and my mom saw me like from the house and she like, screamed my name and the guy like got freaked out and got went back in the truck. And I was like, I do like sledding, wee! And I, went, <laughs> and I just went down the hill. Yeah. I had no idea that maybe something, some guy was like creeping around to pick me up or something. You oh, know? Well, that's the problem as kids. We don't think like yeah. that. We don't think that people are out to hurt us, especially if they're engaging us in a conversation that we um, know about or enjoy. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like sledding. Mm. This guy likes sledding too. Cool. Maybe he's got cool sleds in his van. Let me see. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I like candy. You know, like kids are idiots. Yeah, <laughs> we I shouldn't know. expect them to behave otherwise. Although I feel like they're getting more and more like uh, grown up as they go along. Like, you know, I feel like a baby has an iPhone, you know. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have it. one until I was like 17, you know. Yeah, kids are learning, you know, how to write on a tablet these days. Yeah. Yeah, how weird is that? Yeah, my, literally, th- my, that's what happened. My handwriting used to be really good, and as you can see here, it's it's dog shite. You know, like it's <laughs> I could, like if if you look at like my journal, it's just like you know, I like how the first question here is why. <laughs> <laughs> why am I like this? Yeah, but I used to have really good penmanship, but that's something yeah. you don't really like learn anymore today in school. I don't think. No, because it's all typing. Yeah, I was actually just talking to somebody yesterday about this, about how when I went to school in primary school, we transitioned from pencils to calligraphy pens. And we had to write it with calligraphy pens. I remember that. I did the same. Until sixth class, which is before we move on to um, secondary school or high school. Calligraphy, though. Calligraphy can go fuck off. Like, it was was the most. You had to get the cartridges, and everyone would collect the little balls at the end of the cartridge. I know. You get a little feather. Yeah. And you'd have those people that are just, you know, so hell-bent on having the most balls inside their cartridge pens. So they've got, like, ink around their mouths where they've bitten Mm. it off too early. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you've got a cartridge pen. Yeah. You know, you used to bite it off to get the ball out. Yeah, to all those cartridge pen holders <laughs> out there. Cut it off with a scissors if you were sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, being in, you know, staying within the lines. And I remember there were some people who just really didn't care. They're like, I am yeah. writing cursive. Screw yeah. it, you know. And then people would just get like an F in, in you know, calligraphy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember like how to like draw an F in in like calligraphy like, in fancy? It was like a I do. It was like I a weird. It was it's not like this or is that a T? I'll show you. This is, oh, what am I doing? See, is that a T or an F? Like I that's like, an F. That's an F. Yeah, I'll show you my um. Oh, I'll actually get the calligraphy pen on. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So this here, my remarkable two. The remarkable two shout out. That's it. So this, so so Tara is basically just drawing. Oh wow, it actually looks pretty decent. Wow, look at that! Oh, oh you erased it. it off. I did. No, there it is. Oh wow, that looks pretty good. Is that the lowercase version it. as well? Um. Oh. I think it's. Wow. That's actually, good. here's one I did earlier. Here, wait. Yeah, let let um let Gil take a photo of this. We can put it on our Instagram because I, I really need content. Like it's <laughs> there's like nothing there. All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll write your name. I'll write Curious Pete. Oh yeah, please. That's a great idea. Okay, here we go. We'll do the. So pressure. But again, with your remarkable, you can put as much pressure as you want because it'll. It, it <laughs> <laughs> they should definitely send you one for the shout out. 
I'll try to ha- I'll try to like tag them into it. Curious Pete. Ba-doop, ba-doop. It's not the best. But let me see if we fix this up a little bit. You know, there's a whole like there's a whole industry that's like designed around this, which is sign writing here in Australia. That's what it is. You know, sign the, writing. Sign writing, yeah. What is sign writing? Exactly that's it. Like actually doing sign writing, like writing signs for people, having like good handwriting so you can you can you can write it on signs you know so maybe there's like a like like my old community for me where we can just go and write things together yeah it could be yeah (laughs) well like my old uh, my old flatmate kyle he he was a sign writer and he went through his apprenticeship and he had to like do the whole thing with a big brush and be able to make like a perfect ah yeah you know you know thing it'd be really good that'd be cool i'd love to be like a graphic designer or something but i'm like not in any way talented with drawing Mm. like I I try and it's not even that I I try because I get bored of it really easy because it doesn't look good Mm. you ever sketch something you're like oh I'm gonna sketch today and it's gonna relax me and yeah I'm gonna you know have my own artwork and I'm gonna express myself Mm. yeah no I try to do that with um with like essay writing for comedy yeah you know and it's just um it's mostly just me it's if if you were to watch if someone were to watch me do it by myself, it's just me like laughing at my own jokes. It's oh, the, yeah. It is the saddest thing you could probably watch, <laughs> but it, may, it makes me happy. Yeah. So I sit there and just like, Whoa, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, that's me looking at my artwork. <laughs> yeah. After I've given it a red hot go. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah. Well, it's um. Well, back back to like kids, for example, and back to in my brother, he. He taught his um he taught his son baby sign. Oh, yeah. So like when the kid was growing up, he didn't cry much because he learned how to like sign everything. That's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. Was he nonverbal or anything? He he was. Yeah. And I don't know if it's connected to that. I can't say. I'm not like yeah. I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I can I can pretend to be one. <laughs> and I'd believe you. Okay, well, perfect. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he did have a hard time, uh, like writing and speaking. He was, but he's he's fine now. But he definitely yeah. took him a little bit longer. And I and I don't know if there is something to be said about that with baby sign, if mm. it's like, um, if it's something that, you know, something going on in the brain where you have to struggle in, to be communicated. You know, or to mm. communicate, and if you can't get past that struggle, you know, then I guess it's the same idea with like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. You know, if you help it, yeah. it won't really like turn into a full butterfly. It'll like it'll be sort of yeah. It won't bloom as fast, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a biologist either, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I get what you mean. Um, but in terms of like baby sign, even just the ability for a baby to grasp that language mm. is it's so impressive. Mm. Um, I've seen on Instagram recently um, a cat who communicates with his deaf owner. A cat? With sign. Yeah. And it's basic. It's like the cat tapping the owner, then touching his mouth. What? Which is the I'm hungry, feed me sign. What? No way. Yes. What kind of cat is this? Is it like a, is it like a certain breed of no, cat? No, no. It's just your regular got him from the RSPCA kind of cat. What? Yeah. My cat doesn't do... My cat just like, well, he kind of gives me some messages. But if he can whinge or cry and then you respond to him, he's like, okay, I just have to make this noise. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, but yeah. if but if you like don't respond to the dead. noise... 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, yeah, I'm assuming the owner taught him, I guess, but he yeah. learned that, you know, tap him to get his attention and then start putting his paw up to his mouth to be like, feed me. Oh, cute. Yeah, it is. It's super cute. Oh, so, so we're both cat owners. Yes. And uh, I have my, uh, I have, I made an Instagram for, for my cat. His name is Liam Fleeson. <laughs> I, everyone enjoys that name. I, it's I, great. It took me a while to figure it out. Yeah. But uh, I made a, I made um, an Instagram page for him. I, I think it says Liam Fleeson. I think you can just find him on there. Um, but he is the tiniest male cat. I, I found him in a bin when he was four weeks old and um, kind of nursed him back to mm-hmm. health, bottle fed him. And he was, he's almost stayed the same size. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I gave him the wrong... Food. Some cats are actually just tiny. That. Yeah. So I've got two cats. Mm. Um, and one of them is the same size as Liam, you know, and she's quite slender and still looks like a kitten. Like yeah. It's actually her name. It's not her name. Her RSPCA name was Amelia. And then I called her Piccolina, which is a little one. Mm. But I've always just referred to her as kitten. And oh, yeah. years, like five years later, she's still kitten. Oh, yeah. And it just fits. Cute. Yeah, and I feel like Roscoe, my other cat, mm-hmm. he knows that her name is kitten. And he <laughs> I guess if you say it long enough, like, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like, I'll, I'll say it to Liam. It's the way I say the name. Yeah. I don't say, I don't I don't say Liam. I'll, yeah. I'll be like, Liam. <laughs> yeah. Like, really I'll, annoying. Well, Roscoe know? knows his name, and it's, it's like that. It's the pitch. But he knows if I say the word kitten and I'm, like, feeding, he, like, will start eating faster. Or oh, he'll panic really? and be like, okay, what are we getting? Because I need it first. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how he responds to me saying kitten. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. The, um, uh, with... With Liam himself, I was actually I wasn't going to keep him. I was gonna I was actually going to give him to the RSPCA, but then I found out that because I was trying to I w- you know I was just trying to help out a like a stray cat on the street, and I was living in an apartment where you couldn't really keep cats and yeah. stuff, and so he was actually just hidden. He was like a secret cat for a long time, and he um, he had so many fleas on him when I brought him into the vet, and that's sort of how he got his name because I felt like I took him away from his mother. Like I like like yeah. like I took him like he was taken, <laughs> like um, Liam Neeson. Yeah, and then makes sense. I like but it. but all the fleas popped out like two hundred and the poor thing must have been like like anemic. Yeah, know? but at the at the end of it, what happened is that um, I didn't take him to the RSPCA because I found out that he's so he's a male black domestic shorthair, and it turns out that a lot of like black domestic shorthairs don't actually have um, a high adoption rate. What they do oh. is that, um, and the RSPCA is not a no-kill shelter. Like, they do they do kill. Right. So I was like, oh, I can't just, like, give this little baby cat to, uh, oh, you know. I thought they were, like, honestly, that they were kind of in high demand. I don't mean black cats, but mm. just the cats and dogs are at the RSPCA anyways. Always seems to be busy out there. And yeah. a lot of people adopting dogs and cats, and they pay well for them. So you assume that. Yeah, the well, animals be cared for. I know. I know. During COVID, what happened is that there was a a huge, um, basic um, what do you call it, uh, adoption rate. So basically, all yeah. the cats and all the dogs were ended gone. Up, you were couldn't gone. find any. You couldn't find any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to go and like find one of those like creepy ones you see at like the Sydney, uh, uh, Sydney Pitt Street markets. Have, yeah. have you seen those things where like it's it's like a creepy cat, 
like it's not alive it's like a robot and it sits in the little like basket oh, yeah. and it's and it's like belly goes up and down yeah either yeah. that or just walk along like you know the alleyways and do pss, pss, pss. oh yeah <laughs> see what comes out and see who follows you home Man, entice I, them i saw so many rats in sydney in the in the like in the alleyways there I, I, it's the only place i've ever seen rats in australia and oh it, really yeah like big ones too like new york oh. style pizza stealing rats yeah i've yeah. not seen any rats i've seen like a little cute mouse in my house that i was like hurt myself trying to protect one day because he oh, was really? tiny and he was terrified of me but my cats yeah. their eyes were like saucepans they're like ooh and like oh my god we must get <laughs> <A> and <snack>. kill <laughs> yeah. yeah they're like drooling all along and then I'm chasing this poor mouse as well who's like what the hell <laughs> I, saw, I saw the cutest little mouse in, uh, on uh, Stradbrook Island I went camp- beach camping and then at oh, the end nice. of it I, I, <clears throat> I pulled up my tent and there was like this little nest of like five little they look they look like um it's not a mouse but they they stood up on two legs and they like hopped away like little kangaroos and uh-huh. they were about the size of my thumb and i was like that is the most adorable thing i've ever seen in my life what is that i don't know but like um it was little it was miniature teacup kangaroos yeah it was so cute <laughs> for, for some reason i just like i'm really into like little things like i, I really enjoy like the size of my cat I'm, I'm happy he's tiny yeah i would i would love to have like a teacup pig i know they are beautiful remember the craze that happened with the teacup pigs and then all these people that got scammed and oh then yeah and then it's a big pig had these it's like enormous <laughs> normal farmyard pit belonging pigs but they're in love with it they're, they're <laughs> yeah. in love with it yeah they're like oh i love my pig yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i yeah uh, i remember one time we, we went to go see a house growing up uh there my uh my f- parents were trying to buy a house we walked into this open house and there was a gigantic pig just running around the house as we were looking at it. I was like, oh my God, there's a pig in the house. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they were scammed long before everything else. Yeah. yeah. But they're expensive. They're like 2000 you know, $3,000 or something like that for a teacup pig. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you pay as well these days for like a, a trending puppy, you know, one of those special breeds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see those things. They, they look like, um, they're like, it's like a brown you know uh cockadoodle labrador things. thing that doesn't shed right it's like all yeah, you know, yeah, hyper hypoallergenic there's yeah. all sorts because i've heard about those ones that they come from they basically just come from puppy mills and yeah. it's supposed to be pretty bad like there's the rape rack of the of the of the um of the of the mother like yeah. they're supposed to be pretty like diabolical like those places so yeah you, so adopt don't shop yeah well that's it that's <laughs> the idea mine was like i just found them in the bin you know he's a he's yeah. a bin kitten you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with the bin chickens. That's right. Yeah. If no, if no one knows in the states what the what a bin chicken is, I, I suggest you check it out. Um, yeah, it's Australia's national animal. Yeah, the old ibis. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for him. You know, like. I know they didn't ask to be this way. No. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Just eating everyone's trash. Yeah, they actually belong out in central Queensland, so they're. Oh, do they? Essentially, I think desert birds. Oh. So they don't even belong in the cities. It's just, I think someone was out there one day, gave them some chips, and they're like, what are these? Where did they come from? It's like, oh. okay, checked out the license plate number on the car. I'm like, let's go to Brisbane. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's get some more of these chips. Yeah, I guess it's like one of those examples of how uh, different uh, types of, um, what do you, like different animals now are becoming more and more adapted to human life coming in mm. into, you know, the... Uh, residential areas yeah well you see it now with like brown snakes and oh, all of that they're I've, like i've never seen a brown snake i don't really want to ever see a brown snake 
Like, yeah. it freaks me out, you know. And I just don't want to, like, I want to see them because I want to take a picture of them to show everybody <laughs> that what they think of Australia is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you right. know, I'm surrounded by sharks, kangaroos, snakes, and huntsman mm. spiders all day long. Um, but yeah, if I ever got bitten by a snake, I'm like I don't, I can't differentiate as to, you know, what's poisonous, what's not, what spiders okay to nibble on my elbow, one shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got bit by a jumping ant years ago. A jumping ant, that's a, a jumping thing? ant. Yes, and they're big too, and they've actually got these little. Um, spears on their head <laughs> so they're like these little claws like a little lobster let's crab. just call them let's call them knives knives yeah they have knives on their head and they are actually aggressive so they you would too if you had knives in your head on you. you um and they they stab you with these head knives so they just like just just fall and just get in there yeah and then they keep um pumping their poison into you until you literally you have to pull them off like pry them away from you like a leech so like how big are we talking here um, about the size of my pinky. What? Uh, yeah, maybe what? half or full pinky. They're huge, um, and they're orange looking as well. What are these? These are called jumping ants. Yeah, jumping ants. I'm gonna Google this right now because, like, I, I fuck me, those things look fucking terrible. Uh, and I was living in the middle of nowhere at the time, and there wasn't really much service. So this is in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So within minutes, my entire hand went numb and ballooned. Oh, really? And like it was huge. I, was, I looked like when you blow into like a surgical glove, yeah, rubber it, glove, oh. and it was just really big. Um, and I'm like having a full blown heart attack. I had to climb up because we were living down in a valley in this little commune. So what area of Australia is this? This was in the hinterland of Byron. Oh, you know. great. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it was um, in a little valley. <laughs> but it was... Um, oh, shit. It okay. was a beautiful place, but just a little bit remote. And yeah. so we had to climb up quite a significant steep climb at the time, mm. you know, through my panic and trying to get a signal on my phone so I could Google this and call. Yeah, because you didn't know if it was like something slime. that was going to kill you or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like the whole way up talking to my friends saying, so this is this is how people die in Australia from <laughs> spider bites. I was like, this is it. And then we were talking about I'm probably going to lose my hand. It was ridiculously huge at this point. Um and yeah, it actually stayed like that for five days. I had no feeling in my hand. It was, it caused a paralysis. Oh, really? So the hand was completely like, yeah. un, you couldn't even move it? No, not at all. I couldn't feel it. I could I could touch it and I didn't feel anything. So, it was numb. So what was the situation? You were just like walking around or, or were you just like pushing your hands in grass? You're like, grass, grass, grass. Yeah, hands, pretty hands, much. Hands. <laughs> Ooh, look at this. Look at this grass. Oh, wow. This Ooh. perfect shiny little I'm, orange I'm bug. high as fuck and I'm just touching the grass. <laughs> I am one with the land. Why is the grass rainbow? <laughs> Why is the grass biting me? <laughs> oh my god, bad trip. Yeah. yeah, we were doing like some. Well, we were living in this commune um, as part of our visa, so it was like the woofing situation oh, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. used to be able to do. So we were working on maintaining this land, and we were looking after ducks. Um, yeah, I love ducks. Yeah, no, they were great, <laughs> great personalities. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just got, it just happened randomly. Oh, and right. I knew that it was like, I knew what the bug looked like. Yeah. It was some sort of ant because I had to pull it out of my hand. Yeah. 
Um, and then about two weeks after that, I got bit again, but on my foot. Oh, by the, by um, the same man? Probably. You know, he had did that blow up as well? Beef with me, clearly. He's like, it's like we saw what you did to Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't as bad on my foot. So I think I got it quicker and part of my foot ballooned up. Hmm. Um, but I guess you don't use your feet for as much as what you think. Like I could walk around. I just mm. couldn't just feel like a, it. Just like a stump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah still usable, fully mm. functional. I just didn't mm. need to feel it. Yeah. Right. So so what did you have to do? <laughs> did you have to take just like antihistamines to get rid of that or what? Yeah. And just hope that it would go down. Everything I read online was like, oh, it's an allergic reaction. It causes paralysis. It's common in this type of allergy. So if you get if you get like bit like at the base of your neck, yeah, then probably what happens? You know, like yeah, you know, I would I would say that would probably be death. You think so? Well, look, think it maybe not now because the reason it happened so bad at the time is because my body had never been exposed mm. to what the jumping ants can do. Um, but now, like that lessens over time. Is mm. what I've read. You know, it's like you get a vaccine for something. Mm. I basically got the vaccine for the jumping ant. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, thanks, guys. I'm glad that one works. You know, but if that ant had bit me in the neck that first time, yeah, I probably would have died. But I don't think I've ever thought about that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> these are things I think about sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. You know, especially when you go uh, under the ocean here, you got some of those like uh, like uh, the box jellyfish or you got the... Oh, yeah. Uh, we call them the Portuguese man of war, but they're called the blue bottles here. It's the ah, same. Portuguese man of war. Yeah, a little strange. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why the Portuguese got it bad in that. But, uh, um, but I do know here that the last recorded snake bite it, in um, Australia was back in 1977, and so you know, in terms of like snake bites or anything like that, I think we're pretty safe. Although I did hear. A oh, death by snake bite. Death mean. by snake right. bite. Right. I was Sorry. like, nah, people are getting bit left, right, and center. Yeah, I have deadly. no evidence Sorry, of the last, that. The last it's my assumption. Yeah, people are just getting bit all the time. <laughs> it's constant. <laughs> Screw this COVID information. How many people are getting bit by a snake? And then I hear that they're so, running out of anti venom as well. So that's another thing, too. I heard that was a couple oh, of years wow. ago. But how do you just run out of it? You know, do you I, don't, I don't even know what where they get it. I mean, like, go to Kohl's and get some more, you know? It's obvious. Yeah, yeah. IGA. IGA, yeah. You, know, it's you usually... pay more, but yeah. you're getting quality it's organic. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> so let's um let's let's think let's think back now to earlier in the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you got Flourish Community Solutions. Um what's what's in the future for you guys? Well, we are looking this year at moving into the NDIS space. Um, so I have no idea what that means. Ah, so NDIS stands for the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Oh, okay, That's great. That's it. I was like, oh, what is the I insurance yeah. scheme? Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> yes. So what does that involve then? Um, it doesn't sound great, actually. A scheme? scheme. Like, to me, sounds like Someone's something planning dodgy. something, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> What is the scheme you've got going? <laughs> um, so that's the disability arm, mm. I guess, uh, where people obtain funding to support them through their individual needs, whether that's... Um, support in independent living or it can be um, getting an OT or supporting children with autism, um, paraplegics. It, it covers everything really. Um, so where we want to come into that is with behavior support, particularly oh, with kids that um, 
uh, do have autism or Asperger's and fall within that spectrum uh, because we've got quite a few practitioners that that is an area of specialty for them, particularly um, my co-owner or my co- colleague. <laughs> Our, <laughs> my co-owner. My co-owner. So someone owns you, <laughs> I do have they? a couple <laughs> of people that own me. Um, help. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my colleague Ruth uh, that's actually a specialty of hers Um, and she funnily enough uh, practiced that primarily in Germany so potentially your mother could have really done with some behavioral techniques back then from Ruth (laughs) well my mother was born during uh, World War II 1943 in German occupied Poland so I'm not really sure if that has a fucking effect. Probably, hey, you know, when you look back on that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be focusing on, yeah, entering that space. Also um, building up our programs within the coaching world. Because mm. um, we see a lot of opportunity for life coaching, parent yeah. coaching, behavioral coaching, particularly in place of counseling and not to completely replace it. But a lot of people still hold that stigma with counseling and they don't want to go to a counselor and die, like regurgitate all of their issues in life sometimes. Sometimes what you want is a coach where you can go discuss what the issues you're experiencing are. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm that's all right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just roll with it. We'll just roll with it. <laughs> so, so, so my stomach is rumbling. I'm a little hungry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So basically, there's like some sort of uh, jackhammer outside. I, f- I swear yeah. to God, like Brisbane is constantly being like um, under construction. It is. It is always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we see a lot of opportunity for growth within coaching and really supporting people to identify areas of their life where they need to not always necessarily improve, but they want to grow in. Mm. And coaching is great for that, and that can be used for. Uh, parental <laughs> um, aspects as well. So there's my stomach again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what jackhammer? <laughs> well, I mean, I just see I just see Guzmini Gomez out there, and it's like, like you know, like I love Guzman. I think it's probably one of the best. <laughs> yeah, like, it is pretty good. Look, I'm I don't know. Gallo. I don't know if they have it in the states, but we got Taco Bell in the in the United States, and um, Taco Bell just gives me crazy gas. Like it is. There's something, there. it's not real ingredients. It's like, they, they don't put, the sauce they put on it is like some sort of processed goo. It's delicious, but it really, it really fucks my gut up. Yeah. But Guzman is like, it's just real ingredients. And it's, <laughs> and Guzman, he Gomez, it's a great place if you want to get yourself a burrito. <laughs> Zambreros is good too, but Guzman and Gomez, I'm, did I say that right? Guzman goes. Um, Gu- Guzman goes. <laughs> Guzman goes <laughs> are pretty good as well. I yeah. don't eat a lot of burritos. Yeah, I guess I'm sort of addicted to it. Like I used to live in Southern mm-hmm. California, so oh, nice. it's like all about the burritos and tacos and stuff. Yeah. And I see there's been a big increase in Mexican restaurants in Australia. For the longest time, it was just horrible, horrible Mexican food here because we're so far removed from there. Yeah. But, but now here we are. Anyways, yeah. side note. Yes. Back to <laughs> where you guys are going in the future. Um, yeah. So that's a big the church bells this big uh, <laughs> goal for us um is to really i guess put some structure and do some planning around that and yeah just push forward with our training and development because we are always creating new training packages and trying to come up with new engaging ways to you know in keep families, practitioners, professionals, teachers, whoever it is that is seeking some 
um, education or upskilling in a certain area. Yeah. We want that training to be exciting, engaging, and something that they'll find interesting, but also take a lot away from it as well. Mm, yeah. Um, Not just feel like they're forced to like listen to it, but also to sort of make it usable information. Yeah. yeah. And like our senior practitioner, um, she's uh, indi- she identifies as a indigenous and so she's put together some cultural awareness training and even through that keeping it very modern and interesting because really highlighting how that still impacts today um or sorry let me rephrase that so really looking at how the past Mm. has still impacts people today Mm. and i'm sure she'll talk to you more about that when you sit with her Yes. Um, yeah. We'll. we'll hope. We'll, I'm, I actually really look forward to meeting her on uh, Monday. We'll be doing a yeah. uh, conversation with her and uh, our uh, and Owen, uh, talking about uh, January 26th, yeah. which is a huge thing for you know here in in Australia. It's it's known by some as Australia Day. It's known by Indigenous as uh, Invasion, Invasion Day. Day. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting. If uh, you know, if you're listening and you don't know about it, we're going to try and kind of talk about it and you know get into the the nitty-gritty of what it is and what the I guess what the issues are uh, surrounding it mm-hmm. and um, l- well like I was telling you earlier as well so this year flourish um, well we've decided that we're not actually going to acknowledge Australia Day um, being what it is so instead we've told our employees that they can choose whatever day next week mm-hmm. they would like to take as their public holiday to celebrate their individuality um, their own family and values and beliefs and have a day for them mm. um, and to celebrate it as they wish, yeah. Um, which, yeah, yeah, we're pretty happy about. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's a really good way of going about it because, you know, uh, it's, it's, it seems to be more people are getting, uh, like, educated on what Australia Day is and the day that, they, that, they, that the government has set aside for it, which is January 26th, which is the same day as the as the fleet coming to Australia, which is really sort of insensitive to, you know, marking sort of mm. the genocide that has happened to Aboriginals in, here in Australia. And, um, you know, the whole idea should probably just be scrapped, you know, in general, it's, you know. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about more about that on Monday. But the, um, I didn't get your website though. What's your, what's your, do you have a website for Flourish Community? We do. It's www.flourishcommunitysolutions.com.au. Oh, great. And we're also just a .com, so you can find it at either. Oh, perfect. It's yeah. my handy um, tech skills. Well, uh, make sure to, to follow uh, Flourish Community Solutions at, uh, on, they also have an Instagram account by the same name, Flourish Community Solutions and Facebook. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot today. You know, uh, I've learned a lot about uh, myself. Um, my my mother uh, maybe traumatized me with cap guns, and <laughs> I I've learned too about like what you guys do, which I think is really which is really great. And I, I find that really um, heartwarming to realize that there's people out there who are doing you know work that is actually you know designed around to help people instead of you know not not just making money. You know, like yeah. it's it's about actually making the world a better place. So thank you for doing that. I think a lot of people could definitely benefit from your services. And um, I am going to be moving to Byron Bay. So now that I know about uh, this jumping ant, I'm going to just wear like a body condom. I'm not going to like roll around in the in the grass ever. Yeah, yeah. No, I would just do that and just keep it on at all times. Yeah. You know, and 
Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good for the sun as well. I mean, like, you know, that stuff, you know, it's a, it's a killer here in Australia, you know, yeah. silent killer. Yeah, we know about, anyways, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Curious Pete. Uh, make sure that um, you guys subscribe. I'm on uh, Spotify and a few other places. Uh, some of the weird names. I just, I just, I just got myself onto Podbean, and they just sort of do everything for me. So, uh, if you if you look for me on Instagram, it is the Curious Pete. You will find that I have zero posts. So, watch this space. And uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming on, Tara. We'll um, thanks for everybody for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye bye. All right. <laughs> thanks. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that should be about it, yeah.